at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello, welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop writer, our resident TV expert, uh, Mike Hilty. Resident TV expert. I, I feel honored to have that bestowed upon well, me. Well, look, Shane is is frequently referred to as a madman here in the Sif Pop crew, but I think we've overlooked just how much TV you watch. Now, I know Shane is also in the TV world, and yes, Shane is still a madman. Um uh, in all the right ways. Uh, but like, it just seems like every single day I get like, a, hey, here's a new TV review from, from Mike. And it's like, I barely have time to make the graphics and run the Sif Pops social stuff. Like, well, I mean, the like getting it all published. Right. And Mike's watching full TV shows and writing and doing an article about it and being a dad. And like, you know, just kudos to you, Mike. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I blame. I blame not only that, but you you also have to sit through all the shit. You know, like, like you're not you're not just talking about you know secession and Barry and whatnot. I mean, but like it's it's also The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, and Fear the Walking Dead season eight. And I don't. I, I guess we're just ripping on The Walking Dead right now because as Mike and I were talking about, this was like the most popular show at one point, and who the hell still watches the show? I, I clearly do. I'm I'm the only one. But, but by your own confession, only because you were like, hey, I'll do this for the site. And Robert was like, do it. And because nobody else wants to. then you know. <laughs> So that's to your own doing. It, it is. It is. And you know what? I my approach when it comes to TV is, you know, just I'll I'll give anything a shot. And the completionist in me will always try to finish it unless it's so horrible that I just I just got to stop. See, here's we're going to talk a lot about um, the disappointing TV uh, life that I have right now. And I think this is a big part of it. I am a completionist. Uh, now, I have been getting better at not doing that because uh, mul- because my time is just increasingly more valuable. And like, sorry that like, you know, I don't want to spend you know, a bunch, sorry, they don't want to spend so, so much of a time commitment because TV also like, it's interesting. It's either getting ridiculously short or ridiculously long. Like, I think that there's been really great examples of like shows, like let's take letter Kenny, for example, a show that we'll talk about later, six episodes, twice a year, 20 minutes each. Like, Oh, okay. Cool. Only six episodes every time they drop. Yeah. That's easy. That's a movie length. Barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you but then you also have like shows that are way too long that they need to be, you know, hour long shows that should be 30 minutes. You have, you know, 10 episode shows that sh- maybe should have could, or, could sorry, have been 20, six. That could have been six. Yeah. Like you have you, and even I I would I'm interested to get into it. But like, did the Continental really need to be what it was like? We'll get there. Um I don't even know what was it three like two hour episodes. It was, it was it, kind of like a BBC show. It was okay. Two, three episodes. They were all movie length, and no, that didn't need to be. That didn't need to be like that. Which very very curious decision on that. But hey, they tried it and it didn't work. And whatever they're going to come up with next, they'll probably adjust it for the six people who are going to continue to watch it. 
Right. Yeah, but then they're going to cancel good stuff. You know, <laughs> like I was talking with my wife about how like I don't pay for Netflix anymore. My brother play, pays for it because we pay for HBO Max. And so we just kind of like swap. But one of these, you know, he has access to like my voodoo account. So it's like one of these days he's just going to be like Netflix is $30 a month now. I'm sorry, but I'm not doing it anymore. Like $30 a month plus the like eight a month to have you like I'm just not anymore. And I'm going to be like, I get it. And that's OK. Like, especially because like, let's be honest, right? Netflix has great shows. Netflix has Stranger Things, which has three great seasons and one fine season and and then, and then one season left and right that's and that's it and then and it's look look the first two seasons of house of cards are excellent the rest of it's fine the last it, season kind of sucks right kind of kind of okay that's... netflix has the new scott pilgrim versus the world show that we'll talk about later um you'll talk about later um netflix has uh you know, a lot of the rights to some things like uh, arrested development which you know season four gets hated on a little bit too much um season five is a big wow what were they thinking to me um but uh season four is pretty watchable um but like they'll also cancel the santa clarita diet after three seasons and it's like that show couldn't have cost much to make and it was great so when Meanwhile, how we, they're still producing how, like six seasons of Hemlock Grove or. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the big question as well, specifically from Netflix and a lot of these streamers. It's like, OK, how are we supposed to know what is performing when you don't release much data on yes. any of this stuff? It's a big reason why we had these these writer strikes and actor strikes and everything mm-hmm. like that. How how is anybody supposed to know? what they're supposed to invest their time in when they're not releasing any data for us to look at and to see like, okay, there's going to be a lot of people watching this. Okay, cool. I will continue to watch this, but they don't. And thus you have a show that you're interested in, you think is doing okay. And sure enough, it gets canceled on a major cliffhanger and you feel like you wasted all your time. Sure. It's, it's the joy of watching TV, right? It is the joy of watching TV and also the pain um you know and and again it's one of those things where it's like sure netflix is great content but also they spent like 200 million dollars to make the gray man which is fine and for 200 million dollars i want better than fine so um that's yeah that is fair i i said the same thing when i wrote my review on serialized which is pretty much letterboxd for tv shows that for the show Mindhunter, which I think is Netflix's best show now after watching the two seasons of that. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's it's a tough call, but I, I enjoyed it that much. I don't have and to think my, about that, but that's a good call. And in my review, I said, I can't believe we live in a world where Adam Sandler gets boatloads of money from Netflix just dropped on him because people watch it. But Mindhunter was too expensive to make okay cool that's thank you netflix Man, appreciate that i think there's a strong argument if black mirror is only seasons one through three um oof. they've got also <laughs> some really great anime stuff mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of the cuphead show they've i mean Net- but- netflix has a lot of a lot of great shows but mindhunter for me from start to finish is is the best just the whole thing and it just ended it ended too soon like so many great streaming shows sure are lately and it just it sucks but whatever it is it is my my go-to has 
typically been Santa Clarita Diet, but I think that's only because like that movie just never got it, or that show just never got it. Um, it's just due at all. Yeah, like it Ever. got it, look, it got and some people watching it like me, but like it it should have been a hit. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation. I mean, I think Russian Doll is in that conversation. I think. If I really thought hard, I might come down on Atypical. Might be like the best Netflix show to me. No, never mind. Sorry, um, because I forgot that Haunting a Hill House was a Netflix show. So that is for sure the best Netflix show to me. But mm-hmm. either way, Mindhunter is really strong in that conversation. And like in terms of quality, obviously this is going to stand up. But I love and respect so much of what Wet Hot American Summer first day of camp. That is fair. It was just so like the the way that they were making the jokes because like it was twenty years older people playing people that were supposed to be three months younger. Like man, it it's everybody was on their A game and it worked. And you had like um, H. John Benjamin be a person, and we see how he became the Cannabines. It just everything about that show. I I, it's been on my list. I really want to rewatch that. Not so much the uh, ten years later, but. that was enjoyable too. Anyway, um, uh, podcast. This is podcast. We're talking about TV stuff, and that's fine. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll do the coming attraction real quick. Uh, I'm trying to make these very brief, um, and we'll talk more about TV stuff. Um, we'll get more into specifics on shows, and we'll we'll talk about some other things as well. No B plot this week because that's going to take up a majority of our time. We will do a spinoff though. Uh, brief recommender warn um, from one of us. And uh, we'll wrap up with things. But uh, first, let's get a chance to talk with Mike. Mike, you want to play Game Wavelengths? Yes, let's do it. You want to be the guesser or the guessee first? Uh, let's do guesser. Guesser. Yes, sir, Mike. Um, I am going to do this on the fly, but I've had an idea. I, why do I have, hold up. Let me, what is this? Did I clone? I think I cloned my. Okay, I'm gonna pick this from uh, last year's films, actually. So there's your there's a, here's the thing. Last year, 2022 films, um, which you would have picked up on if you would, uh, um, which you would pick up on if you when you hear the things anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's go with Halloween ends. I'm also gonna give you Clerks Three and Ambulance. I'll also give you. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and the Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Return to Hogwarts. I'll give you those five. Now, I, I, I normally would do the genre thing, but I figured if I'm going to just do a year, you can have you can have that. So that's where we're going. What am I doing with this again? Give me. No, that's fair. Right. So um, like for the listener at home, they probably don't know what's going on. If this is their first episode and it might be. Um, I have uh, all of these are the same rating for me. One through ten. What do you mm. think that rating is? That's the way. That's the that's the shortened version of this. Got it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say that these. I'm gonna say this was six for these. Very close. I had seven. Very close. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think you because I think I remember you mentioning that you you were one that was higher on ambulance than than some other people out there, which I look, agree with you because I thought I thought ambulance was a decent amount of fun. It's. It's certainly not a perfect movie, but I know Robert's higher on it than me. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not perfect, but it is enjoyable. And yes, it is migraine inducing, but it's also fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Bay, like, clearly is playing with drones for the first time. And it's kind of fun <laughs> to watch him figure it out. Um, 
but also like I know there's gonna be like a really great Michael Bay's gonna do a really cool drone sequence in like two movies and we're gonna be like where did that come from we're gonna be like right there like an ambulance he was just dipping his toes into it and such it's all good all right so Mike give me like oh three to five films or something like that um that you have rated on the same plane um that I can guess what you have rated okay let me see if I can. I All can, right, Mike. I could sneak in a fourth one too. So I'm ready whenever you are. Okay. So my three movies. This is from 1985. Oh, so, right. You went. You also went with the year theme. Okay. Yeah. So um, my three movies are Saint Elmo's Fire, Legend, okay. mm-hmm. the Ridley Scott vehicle, and Real Genius with Val Kilmer. And we'll go also Clue. As well, the clue movie. Okay, that's actually really helpful because those first three movies, um, I've never seen, and I don't know their reputation. Um, like I know Saint Elmo's Fire has like a decent one, but I don't know if that's like pure '80s nostalgia or if that's like actually kind of legitimately good. Like you know, there's a lot of those movies in that era that it's like Breakfast Club is legitimately good, but like, how do people actually feel about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh. But Clue, Clue is great. Um, but I want to say I'm probably a little higher that, on it than you because I just watched that for, for the first time a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That Clue's really helping me out because I was gonna say somewhere along the lines of a five because I had I haven't really heard of like the other two, like the reputation hadn't preceded them. But Clue, let me go with an eight. I'll, final answer. I'll go with an eight. Uh. Eight is pretty close. These are all sevens for me, and I know I'm going to get a lot of crap for particularly the Legend one, because objectively, is it a good movie? No, it's actually pretty bad, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine. It's saved because Tim Curry has amazing makeup on. Oh, so and, two Tim Curry movies from 1985 yeah. on your... And uh, and Tom Cruise is ridiculous in it. Oh, naturally, so, yeah. So, nice. yeah, I mean... Obviously, I could have picked, you know, movies like Goonies or Back to the Future during this, but those would that would have been far too obvious. You're right. <laughs> well, uh, let's move on to the coming attractions then. Real quick, um, before we do that, uh, Mike, one random question. And you know what? I'm going to ask you, yeah, this question. Um, something that's not pop culture related, something just kind of give uh, a listener an idea a little bit more about you. What is the farthest distance you have ever driven? Oh, I, so when I I live in Illinois and I moved to California, so drove from Illinois to California, like in one go or just in jet, like for a trip. I think one trip, but like, you can't like go to Missouri and stop there for a weekend and then go to Utah and stop there for a week. Like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. well, it took me and a buddy of mine two days to drive to California because we went we started at like 6 a.m in illinois we drove all the way to midnight and got to colorado and then we stopped in colorado for like seven hours to sleep and then Mm -hmm. we went from colorado and we ended up in california at like 3 a.m like the like day after so that would probably be the furthest that i've driven in two days but if we're just going one day i'm Colorado is probably the the furthest that I've driven in a day. And even that's pushing it with just like quick pit stops and gas. I, um, 
Yeah, I've been there. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, that one's definitely fun. I live in Iowa, mm-hmm. and I've driven from Iowa to Florida and to Arizona. And I was like, which one's actually farther? Because we went like, to Orlando, so like far down Florida. But that was, I think, a uh, 12-hour drive. It, feel, it feels equidistant for Like, it feels equidistant, but no, the the... The, the Arizona one was significantly farther. Um, mm. Now, as far as like the farthest I've ever personally driven, uh, mm. especially if we want to go there in, on that Arizona trip, we had to leave way early in the morning mm-hmm. um, to get back at the time that we needed to. So we left at like two in the morning and everybody else was asleep in the car, including the person in passenger <laughs> seat who was normally they're supposed to stay awake to like make sure the driver doesn't fall asleep. But I was mm-hmm. feeling fine and he was clearly not. So I was like, just go to bed. I'm good. I'll bump you if I need. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And I was like a leader on this trip. So like, oh, nice. I had authority, right? Mm-hmm. I drove from Mesa, Arizona to Denver, Colorado in one sitting. Oh, that's, it's kind of yeah. rough. Like six and a half hours, something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I got out. It was sunrise. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I got out at a gas station, pulled up to a pump, grabbed the other leader and said, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. La- laid down in the back and put a blanket over my head and <laughs> slept through Nebraska, which is it's just Nebraska, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, that is that is the correct decision to sleep through Nebraska. To, to then, uh, well, we actually, we stopped at Colorado Springs and um, we did lunch and we walked the Garden of the Gods to kind of get out of the car for a little bit. So we did that. Then, yeah, we went through Nebraska and I slept through Nebraska again. So I'd slept from Denver to Colorado Springs and then after lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, then got back to Des Moines, Iowa, at like two in the morning for me to then drive an extra hour and a half back to my apartment. I got back at like 430 in the morning and I had left Arizona at like two in the morning the previous day. And I'd driven good chunk of that. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. It's a far drive in yeah, California, Illinois sure. is, far, is farther. Cause that's one state further each way. So, well, and then yeah. you have to deal with the California traffic and true, which, <laughs> cause I was moving out there too. So it was like, Oh great. I didn't realize that there'd be traffic at 3 AM on a Tuesday. It's not like it was a Friday night or anything like that. I'm like, oh, we really aren't in Kansas anymore, are we? Great. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Yeah. Well, let's get on to the coming attractions, as I promised. Uh, I got Eileen and Silent Night. Let's start with Eileen. Um, And that's because I have it pulled up. But also, I think Silent Night is the bigger movie. But let me tell you, there's this movie coming out, Eileen. Now, this does say December 8th on imdb but wikipedia said december 1st we're in that weird season where like i think wikipedia puts the first place it premieres so it must be like a limited than a wide whatever there's a million movies to talk about anyway eileen is coming out soon and it's a film that i have literally never heard of until i was looking oh what are the movies coming out this week (laughs) um which i'm normally not great at that but here's here's what i saw i saw it's a new movie coming out that stars shea wiggum and thomason mckenzie um and certainly other people but like uh like Anne Hathaway it it, it appears in here but like that kind of seems big enough that at least should be on our radar um <laughs> but uh here we go let's go with Eileen um a woman's friendship with a new co-worker at the prison facility where she works takes a sinister turn uh Mike um theaters rent stream skip or just kind of wait to see early reactions this is a wait to see early reactions 
Thomason McKenzie and Anne Hathaway alone in this should be enough to at least garner enough attention for me to want to go see this. The prison setting as well has me intrigued, but I don't know. It seems it's it seems interesting. Don't know a whole lot about it. Is this a thriller? Is this a horror movie? I don't really understand what's going on, but I'm I'm mildly curious. But I'd want to again the whole time is valuable thing comes into play and i want to make sure that this is something that is going to be interesting enough from a time perspective even though according to imdb it's only an hour and 37 minutes so i will wait for reactions bordering on i am definitely willing to go see it if it is close enough to me because this also doesn't feel like it's going to get a giant release no, it doesn't look like it's going to get a big release. Um, but yeah, I'm look, I'm going to be in streaming um, with the potential to climb higher because like this has one of those, right? Like uh, Thomas and McKenzie and Hathaway Shea Wiggum, I'm in, right? All really good signs for me, especially Thomas and McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, she can do no wrong in my eyes um, between Leave No Trace and Jojo Rabbit. Um, she was in, one of, oh, and Last Night in Soho. That's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, she's in Power of the Dog, but she's in like half a scene. Um, <laughs> so, um, look, I'm I'm in streaming at least for that. But this is, it just, it's kind of one of those concepts where you're like, this is going to go really well or really bad. But it's being released by Neon. So, again, could be really good or really bad. Now, I'll say at least with Neon, like, it's either, it's either going to be like, I don't think Neon puts out bad movies, but I think they put out movies that um, maybe push like the norm is or whatever. So it, it's, it's, it's either going to be like too weird for my liking, or it's going to be uh, really good. Like there's just, that's, that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, neon put out, uh, neon put out Palm Springs. I mean, I know that's a, like a Hulu original, but like neon was the like maker of it. Neon also does a lot of like um, taking the um, like foreign films and, and re- restoring them. Like they just restored mm-hmm. uh old boy on 4k. Oh, so nice. um, that's out the public now and they did th- they did that for memories of murder they got that's how bo- that's how that movie got here bong joon ho's like first feature length film one mm-hmm. of his first um which is excellent um so anyway um the neon is encouraging but this this could easily climb depending on early reactions but um yeah that's it. yeah that's gonna be key for that i'm it's it seems interesting enough but you know we'll we'll wait and see Sure. Plus, well, also, it's it's be- between the interesting premise. It's based on a book as well. You know, it, it checks a lot of my boxes. That's good. Um, I didn't know it was based off a book again. Extra points, <laughs> and that's not always a good thing. You know, see where the crawdads sing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go uh, to the other movie coming out this week. Uh, this is uh, Silent Night, um, the new John Woo film, um, starring Joel Kinnaman. Um, there's also other people in this movie, of course. Uh, but Joel Kinnaman kind of lead is really, this is really centered around him, like really anchored mm-hmm. in him and yeah, John Woo's style uh, and whatnot. So Silent Night, uh, a grieving father enacts his long awaited revenge against a ruthless gang on Christmas Eve. Same thing, Mike. Theaters rent st- stream, skip, or just kind of wait to see. This is a tough call because on one end, the premise of this looks looks interesting enough to where it could be a lot of fun. But it also looks really sad as well. And mm-hmm. just because you're the producer of John Wick doesn't mean that I, you know, it's going, unless this is set in the John Wick universe for some strange reason. Oh, I would love a John Wick cameo in here. That'd be hilarious. That would be great. And Joel, 
Joel Kinnaman is one of those actors that Hollywood is keeps trying to say, hey, this guy is going to be the next great thing when it comes to like action stars. I'm like, is he though? Like he's perfectly fine. Look, but I'll give him this. Ten years ago, Hollywood was trying to do that for Jai Courtney. And I'll mm-hmm. take Joel Kinnaman over Jai Courtney every single day. And I don't particularly like him, but like I have liked him a lot more recently. Like his turn from Suicide Squad to The Suicide Squad was remarkably better. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I I like Joel Kinnaman. He's 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 perfectly fine. He he reminds me a lot of Sam Worthington because yeah, that's a good comparison. Kept kept doing stuff, but Sam Worthington's recent turn on TV has been good because Sam Worthington was great in. Under the Banner of Heaven, Joel Kinnaman is great yep. in um, For All Mankind. So all of this to say, because I, I feel like I'm stalling a little bit, this is at minimum solid streaming for me, mainly because I I thought Violent Night was perfectly fine. I didn't think it was as good as everyone as I didn't think it was as good as I hoped that it would be because I thought it was going to be just this awesome time that I was going to have in the theater. And I didn't have that. So I'm not going to get burned again by something like this. So I'm, I'm going to say that it's solidly in streaming. I love that you brought up the violent night comparison. And I know that most people are thinking it as well. And you know, we're not, obviously it's not the original thought, you know, two years in a row, we get back to back action themed Christmas movie, you know, Christmas themed action movies. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And like deliberately not so much as like the diehard where, you know, there's legitimate arguments either way, but diehard is a Christmas movie is the correct answer. Anyway. Um, um, but yeah, like the, I get violent night vibes from this, except which is a bummer for me because I did not like violent night. I wrote, I wrote the review from the site and I was like, just talking about how disappointed I was because John Leguizamo knew the movie he was in and he was seemingly the only person. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then I didn't particularly like, like his performance in the movie because it really stood out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but David Harbour wanted to take it more serious than it was. The director wanted to make it grimier and grittier and more like gruff than it, than it ever should have been. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on where the movie winds up, wound up being borderline bad to me. And, I just wanted a fun romp with Santa Claus kicking ass and I got mildly fun, overly dark Santa Claus, mostly getting beat up every now and then also beating some people up. And like, it wasn't anywhere near as fun as it should have been. All that being said, Silent Night looks like all the things that Violent Night should have been. So Mm. it with except for actual Santa Claus doing it. This is just Christmas themed revenge thriller. I'm sure it's going to be more than that, but like at its heart, this is Christmas themed revenge thriller. The other one was Christmas themed action film starring Santa Claus. Like this one doesn't have Santa Claus being the ass kicker, but um, I'm very excited for this one. I'm going to go theaters Um, Mm. despite all everything. Maybe it's the John Woo confidence. Maybe it's the fact that I I guess I'm a little higher on Joel Joel Kinnaman than you. Mm -hmm. I think especially like seeing him in the suicide squad, um, like, this feels kind of like that tone where like, I know he can kind of carry the serious moments, but I also know he knows how to have fun. He um, does. I will so that. like, like, I feel like maybe this will be a great movie for him to kind of, to kind of maybe break out and maybe really kind of sell some people and kind of steer clear from the pack of his, the, of the people that are like, yeah, but remember 
<laughs> you know, that's kind of like you're going, you know. Uh, yeah, so. that, like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I am just naturally suspicious of, of him. This, so this one fair. looks ridiculously fun. Now, I think I think it's probably going to wind up taking itself more serious than Lee than I would like it to. Uh, but at the same time, like these action set pieces just from the trailers look dope. So uh, mm-hmm. it's really hard not to be excited about this for me, other than the recency, recent disappointment of, you know, um, of seeing uh, um, Violet, uh, Knight. Violet Knight. But like, yeah. it's not like we didn't see Thor Ragnarok because of the Dark World. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, that's that is completely fair. I, or it's I not like check. we didn't see Armageddon because of what was the deep impact, deep impact. You know, or like whatnot, you know, like, it, you know, and, and we, sometimes we should, they wind up being better, you know, we should give everything a shot. Right. So, or yeah. And, 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 and a lot of times these movies that even sound similar wind up being really far apart. Like mm-hmm. Olympus has fallen and white house down are like the two most different movies I've ever seen that have the same concept um, that came out in the same year. Um, cause white house down is terrible and Olympus has fallen is kind of great, but yeah, I digress. Uh, violent night looks great. I'm going to go see it opening weekend with my wife, but <laughs> Mike, let's get to TV. It's about that time. But first, uh, you got to hear some takes from Mike, uh, some thoughts on some movies and some TV and some other things. If you want to hear more from Mike, where can they find you? Uh, you could follow me on Instagram threads, I guess. Blue Sky and serialized at MLHilty2452. I've got some pieces dropping on the site. I'm doing The Crown, mm-hmm. uh, the first part of the last season, and eventually the, the last part. And then uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, takes off, and then <sighs> Goosebumps. So those are all coming out. Mike uh, put in our show notes all the f- shows that he's watched. Now, I, I have all the things that I've watched since our last episode, which I believe we recorded. May. It was. Yeah, it, it, was... it was the week before um, Ted Lasso and Barry ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we and then we did like bonus stuff on that. So um, Ted Lasso, Barry and Secession all. But I didn't I wasn't watching Secession. So all within a little bit. Anyway. Um, well, and then and then the the sneaky one that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle was Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as well. Yes, yes. There's yep, there's also all that. Yeah, yep. And Last of Us was still going while Barry and Secession were as well. So if you want to, you know, get all that in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and and you know what? And Shrinking was still ongoing when Ted Lasso started. So I think right. Yeah, Whatever. or it it was. I think Shrinking was on the tail end when. Ted Lasso, the final season started back up. So, yeah. so there was a little bit of overlap there. So, um, I have, so Mike has sent me a large list and I have highlighted some things that I definitely want to talk about. I know we're not going to get to everything that Mike has and, uh, what we're not, we would, we would be here. It's oh, look, it's already midnight and we would, I work at 10 and we would still be, um, talking about this when I have to go to work. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, a uh, yeah, very long list. Um, but that's again, just good on you, Mike. Um, so I have things highlighted here and I definitely want to talk about it. If there's other things you want to mention, then feel free to, um, I think I want to start off with, with saying this, I am giving up on TV and I am not saying that in a way that is meant to be like, Hey, if you guys are watching TV, you should get out. But I'm just saying I'm tired of I'm tired of the FOMO that comes with that uh, with with TV. 
because like especially like most of the shows are now just dropped instead of week to week and not only that but like there's because there's so many streamers out there that are trying to make a name for themselves there's so many premium channels that are trying to make rooms make a name for themselves there's so much that mike i'm sure that you haven't seen some of the things that are considered the greatest this season this year you know like like because it's not the problem is it's not just you know remember like when game of thrones was airing and everybody was like if if you can only watch that you're good nothing else is really great i mean like there's there's breaking bad was going on at the time too so i guess it's like those two right but like you know there there wasn't there wasn't as many options but like just off of the top of my head shows that are i think widely considered like peaks like peak tv like the golden era of tv in the last five years like succession for sure um i would throw barry in the conversation i know that's not um but like the last five years of better call saul is like considered there uh let's <laughs> Let's also like like Watchmen was in the last five years. Chernobyl was in the last five. Mm-hmm. Last of Us, right? That's all just HBO so far and and AMC. But like Yellow Jackets season one, remember when that came out and it was the biggest thing in the world, right? And um, that was Showtime and Ray Donovan certainly seems to be remarkably popular. Now you go over to Hulu and you look at The Bear, right? And you look at uh, Only Murders in the Building. You know, two of the most like I would say. Well, I, I think Only Murders in the Building is maybe the most successful comedy in recent memory and besides Ted Lasso. But then then you get to Apple TV and there's Ted Lasso and um, uh, the Adam Scott one that I haven't gotten around to. The Severance. Uh, Severance. Severance. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like Severance. Right. And then you go over to Netflix and we got, you know, Stranger Things. I think people are really big on and Black Mirror, of course. And um, like it, there's just. It's really impossible to keep up with everything. That, so I'm tired of it. And I'm, I'm, I just don't care to dedicate too much time to TV anymore. I've gotten in, like, as I've been doing video games and movies, I just don't care about watching TV much anymore. And when I do find myself wanting to watch TV, I find myself wanting to rewatch something that I already know and love. So I think, <laughs> that's, I, that's I think fair. I am becoming a person who I still would rather watch a movie. I've never seen more than one um, that I have. And yeah. Depending on how long it's been, I'd rather play a new video game than play one that I've already played before. But I'm just saying, like, I had the op- opportunity to start something recently. And you know what I decided to do? I decided to to, to binge the entire series of, um, I mean, binge is loose in terms of how I did it. But the entire series of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a new season coming out, and I didn't see the last season. Um, so, and the last time I did a binge was five or so years ago and maybe longer and mm-hmm. you know well, no, it's like I, I i cannot blame you at all for feeling that way because with tv the this is this the last two years are going to be a big inflection point for television coming up soon because what we have is a lot of the prestige tv is ending which means that all the other a lot of the other TV shows that are kind of up and coming, those are the ones that are going to have to take its place. And then because of that, then we need a new crop of TV shows that could potentially take the place of those shows. So like The Bear, for example, is going mm-hmm. to be prestige TV uh, from from this point forward. And then beyond that, there's Abbott Elementary. And I'm hard-pressed to find a lot of shows that are going to garner as much attention as those because all the other ones 
they're either ending or you have no idea if they're going to stick around. And that's the big yeah. problem with a lot of these shows right now. And well, I can't, ex- sorry, except for Rick and Morty, which got renewed for like a million seasons a couple of years ago. But yeah, well, that's but that's the thing. That's not even a sure thing anymore because something could come up that people are like, you know what? We we're good. We we're gonna we're gonna write this off. Like we're yeah. Or one of the main t- voice actors could turn out to be a total douchebag. <laughs> oh, can't can't forget about that. But they they pressed on with that. And if that show wasn't as popular as it was, that show could have easily have been canceled. Yeah. And you know, because it's happened to a ton of other shows where one of the stars, it, you know, something is found out about them, and they're like, you know what? I think we're good. We, let's let's just cut our losses now. This didn't really do a whole lot to move the needle. We're just done. And or, or I think also even take like I mean I know that like House of Cards would be the biggest example, right? And they found a way to wrap it up because. Kevin Spacey at that point was just a co-lead, but like Louie was a really popular show on FX mm-hmm. when, when, uh, when they decided to stop producing episodes, um, like that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. It's- so, so I've just decided there's too much to keep on and because everybody's competing and Mike, remember like I would say 10 years ago, even, yeah, because House of Cards was 2012. I think that's really the show that changed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's not like Netflix's first original, but it's their first like big budget original. Um, yeah, that came out in 2012. So 11 years ago, you could keep up on all the TV because there wasn't as many avenues and there weren't summer shows. It was spring or fall and that's it. And, and, and But now you also have like... Oh, we're going to start in the fall. You have shows like This Is Us where it's like we're going to start in the fall, but then we're going to take a month break and then we're going to come back and we're going to do the spring. Right. You could catch up on all the fall and spring shows in the summer. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's it's gotten to the point now where, you know, because of Netflix making their own shows. Hey, we're going to drop all Stranger Things in May. Nothing else is on in May right now. And like, you know, HBO is doing, you know, more summer content or whatever like point is there is no off season to catch up if you if you because i didn't start ahsoka while it was airing it's probably going to be a long time before i actually get around to ahsoka same for um loki season two same for um what else is on here the uh, secret invasion for sure um same for because i didn't watch the first season of only murders in the building when it came out we are three seasons in and i still haven't seen an episode Mm. Um, and i know i should um this scott pilgrim thing is probably going to transcend that because i just i love that movie and i love like edgar wright and i love the original thing but like i just told you i think haunting of hill house is the best show that netflix has ever made and i still haven't seen midnight mass and I hear, and I hear that Midnight Mass is just as good, if just not maybe good. even slightly better. I mean, Depend- not yeah, not as fair. entertaining, but maybe better. It's, it's on par in terms of quality and in terms of yeah, mainly just quality. So, well, and so I I still haven't seen Midnight Mass yet, and 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 there's a new House of the Fall of Usher, which we'll talk about soon. And you know what? That one's also getting really rave reviews. I think more akin to Haunting a Bly Manor, but either way. Um, it will probably be forever, be- like until I get around to that, because of all this. And you, and it's just like I, I am tired of feeling not a part of the conversation anymore. And I'm just removing myself. But like, 
not not too much. So um, this will be the last TV catch up episode that we do, at least for the time being. Maybe maybe we'll come full swing, but I'll start talking about TV and my spinoffs. And I've talked with Mike and um, I was talking with Mike about this beforehand. And if I if I'm watching a show current, you know, I I think there's opportunities to write for the site and there's opportunities to do mini episodes here. But yeah, um, for sure. But I like the other thing, too, is like Ahsoka, like my wife wants to watch it with me. But like, I don't work a nine to five, so it's tricky. Like, yeah, it is right. And and not only that, but we are more likely to, you know, pull up YouTube than we are, you know, especially because it's like once you finish a show, it's like, oh, there's a million options. And my wife is more of a rewatcher than a new watcher. And it's like, well, you know, we did what we could. But when you have three Marvel shows, two Star Wars shows and, you know, all these other like. That's it's it's just too much to keep up with. And it's it's not just Marvel shows, Marvel and Star Wars that are doing it right. I mean, they're just doing a lot, but it's like everybody is trying to get their hands on anything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at Continental or um, mm-hmm. the you know, they made they made the Peacemaker show and um, I mean, they are making the Maker show. They uh, That's not like a one and done or anything, you know. Right. Um, and. Warner Brothers is talking about making a Harry Potter series like it's it because that's that's something because that's something that we need right now because yeah for sure Um, definitely I I get it I get why Warner Brothers wants to do that because it is a surefire thing because Warner Brothers and subsequently you know all of their properties do they don't have a lot of slam dunk hits when it comes to TV lately it's either they've they've ended or they they get canceled really quick or maybe people just don't want to work with hbo right now or warner brothers because they don't know if what they're going to be working on is actually going to see the light of day and look if i had an idea for a tv show five years ago hbo would have been the first place i would have gone to bar none first place yep if i had an idea for a tv show today i'm probably going to apple first like, I think I think the only other pl- now Apple's probably a pretty good bet. I think the only other place that I would have gone would have been FX, but now it's owned by Disney, and a lot of their stuff I, is. I do like is, yeah, I do like FX a lot as well, and FX ha- certainly had a had a heyday, and I think I think the FX and Hulu partnership has actually made fx a better property you know because you know fx had a heyday where like justified and sons of anarchy and the shield right but like now you get to throw in things like dave and um i know robert doesn't like it but i loved under the banner of heaven and um um oh didn't they have like another big uh the alex garland show what was the devs right yes yeah you know, they've got they've also got prestige. I'm go, I'm going to Apple TV first and I but yeah, especially like the HBO stuff. If Westworld can get canceled, like I think anything's on the table for, you know, for most things. Um, well, not only did it get canceled, it got flat out removed from right. the service, which I don't understand how that's possible, given how well received the first season was. But that's the problem with I mean, TV. sure, that's there the- was a dip in quality. That's but that's the problem with TV, unfortunately, is and what have you done for me lately? And yep, you're right. You don't you don't always get that same thing with with movies, with like obviously with a lot of franchises, yeah, it's like that, but they'll keep churning them out. With TV, it's like you get a very limited amount of time to make an impact. And if you do not 
make the impact based on what that studio's expectations are, then you're going to get canceled. And then, or you're going to get canceled before it even sees the light of day. And then it's going to be canned and shelved forever. Mm-hmm. This feels like the perfect transition to winning time. Yeah. that That is quite possibly the best transition because I'm sorry, HBO, you cannot cancel a TV show based on the Los Angeles Lakers when the Celtics win the championship. You cannot mm-hmm. do that. That is just counterintuitive to everything that you have going on. And more importantly, you set up a bunch of stuff that is going to come down the pipe and now you just you just cancel it. And granted, that could be a casualty of the strike. It could be a casualty because it's not getting enough viewership. I don't know. There's a variety of different things. But it just sucks because there was more story to tell with that. And people were genuinely excited about it. And then HBO just felt, you know what? Let's just pull the plug on this. I don't. Well, and I, I, we don't know what those metrics are, right? So they could they could say not all of people were watching it. And I could be like, Twitter certainly had a day of it when it got canceled. Like, oh. every, you, everybody was like, that's really how you're going to end this show? Like, really? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like certainly seemed like a lot of people were watching it now it's remarkably expensive show to make i'm sure just the licensing for the lakers alone but then like you know it's uh john c Riley and um jason no that's not jason what's his name i'm sorry it's just turned midnight so what's the forgetting ceremony jason siegel Mm -hmm. um adrian oscar winning adrian brody in a supporting role like Mm um you know just like like it was it was a pretty stacked cast plus like the guy that uh, played Magic and uh, the guy that played Kareem, um, blanking on their names right now. Quincy Isaiah was Quincy, one of them. But, Quincy Isaiah um, was Magic. I don't remember who the guy played Kareem. Plus also... Which is a shame because yeah. he's my favorite actor of the show. But like, certainly they got pay raises. But like, sure, it was an expensive show to make, but like, so was Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And you still put out season eight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm... I feel pretty confident that Winning Time was not garnering Game of Thrones numbers. Yeah, ever. but like, but, but how are we supposed to know that? And more importantly, it's the Adam McKay, Adam McKay of it as well, because I'm sure Adam McKay probably garners a lot of money as well for because he's producing probably. quality stuff. So, well, here's here's the thing that also really scares me. Winning Time is an excellent show to me. Um, I would agree. It's not perfect. It's not like it's not perfect. It's got its faults, and especially like I think I think there was an inkling. Like like the prop the problem with the way that the TV system is set up is that you have to write your season as if you're planning on getting another one. You have to have a reason for the people to come back, but also if they if the if the network decides that you don't want now, everything feels wrong or poor. You you have to write. write. I feel like season two of Winning Time was th- was two or three seasons worth of an arc i and i'm probably wrong on that i and depends on how long they wanted to take it but like you know they cover three seasons and i mean now granted one of them magic is hurt for almost all of it but like i and not only that but the season was shortened to what seven episodes instead of the first season had 10 like so i um the I I just it's a vicious cycle in TV right now and it's like it seems impossible to do to just make good stuff and like know that it'll turn out right and like again like all the filming is done they find out that they're gonna get canceled so now you have to just end your series mm-hmm. 
with you on know this major cliffhanger or this stinger for the next season white text on a black screen like <laughs> well what and and what that's garbage and the thing also with TV, so do you remember, like, in the early 90s, even most shows would at least go, like, f- three to five seasons, you know? Like, those, it felt like a lot of those shows went you on could longer. Get, you could get anything except for Firefly to get four <laughs> seasons, yeah. Now, nowadays, you're lucky if you can get past season one. Yeah. And that's and granted back we have, then we back have, then, Robert and I have internally decided we do not put season 1 uh, and this has been like over a year. We do not put season 1 on any of the headers uh for any of the shows because because first of all a lot of times people especially with the Marvel and Disney of it all when WandaVision was coming out we didn't know oh is this a mini series or a season 1 uh, and I don't I don't know the Disney knew um, and so like same and Loki and then Loki wound up getting season two. It's like, well, now we'll be getting season two of Falcon of the Witcher. Anyway, it's all confusing, but also 90% of the shows that we publish reviews for are not getting season two ordered. Oh yeah. I, I took a look, uh, a look at the amount of shows that I reviewed that I said in my reviews, I think this could get a compelling season, season two. And a lot of them, a lot of them didn't. And then also uh, kind of on the flip side, there are a lot of shows out there that I am scratching my head. How did they get a season two? Like how, how did Young how? Sheldon get seven seasons? Because The Big Bang Theory is somehow still popular, right? Like I, I don't. How, first of all, how did The Big Bang Theory get as many seasons as it did? And second of all, how did Young Sheldon also get that many? And while we're, t- you know, like <laughs> while we're taking crap on the CBS CBS's decision for for all of that, I mean. Well, and- the other thing, the thing that really shocks me about winning time is how was there not a bidding war for somebody else to continue that? Right. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, cause there was what, uh, isn't, isn't one of the new star Trek shows like yeah, got to be picked up by Netflix. Star Trek prodigy got canceled by Paramount plus now featuring showtime. And then it, and then it, uh, Netflix picked it up and I'm sure there was a huge, like bidding war for that because it's Star Trek. It's a big property. And I don't know about huge, but like you got to imagine Paramount is going to be like the IP alone. Like, like Netflix is now paying Paramount mm-hmm. to for them to make a show that Paramount didn't want to make anymore. So Paramount is making money by get, Paramount's going to do that with other things now. Like, well, they, you know, they have to because their streaming service sucks. So that too. If, um, Unless you're a Star Trek fan, I, I see no reason why you would have it. Um, I mean, like, and it's for not, show t- it's, and for Showtime. Well, Showtime well. now, yes, but like, and and I've been I've been blessed by a fellow sub pop writer who has been so kind <laughs> as to share his account with me. But I, I like I wouldn't pay for it, um, anymore. <laughs> like, um, but nor like sh- it, it's it's fine. You. But the problem is it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm not a Trekkie. Um, so anyway, um, the so yeah, how is there not a bidding war for winning time? If this was ten years ago, I like I, now the the chances of shows getting revived by other networks was few and far between. Like the only examples I can think of off the top of my head, like especially shows that were like almost immediate pickups as opposed to you know like um, like Arrested Development getting picked up years later. Mm-hmm. Um, Scrubs had its Oops. last two seasons on ABC instead of NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Scrubs finished out on ABC because. NBC canceled it and they picked them up for a season 
to, so they could wrap up the show and it wound up being wildly popular and they threw too much money at them for them to say no, right? Scrubs mm-hmm. was a big example. Um, and But other than that, I'm thinking Netflix has picked up some like a uh, manifest, right? They picked up manifest and they picked mm-hmm. up uh, after a couple seasons and they picked up designated survivor after I think one or two. Yeah. Um, and they're picking up these shows like for a one season order. I think it's usually cause Netflix knows they lose the IP, but if they pick it up, uh, Netflix picked up clone wars for season five. Um, and then Disney picked it, Disney plus picked it, it, it up for season six. You know, like, yeah. um, but yeah, like, how was to, to me the state of the industry the fact that nobody was in a bidding war for winning time is kind of crazy like and if if i were david zaslav i would say i want you guys to end the show as you would if you got a season three order i don't want you to do this i'm sure that was also off-putting people because because how do you like revise that you know i mean you just trim it a little earlier but like right how do you recover from that like i can't believe that Apple TV plus didn't put in a bid or I can't um, show show. It doesn't feel like a perfect showtime. I'm surprised it wasn't initially on showtime. I mean, that would make sense. I also can't believe that even a network like ESPN wouldn't and subsequently Disney wouldn't pick something like that up. At the very least, again, for a one season order to just kind of like round out the story or whatnot. And we'll wrap up the things that you teased as happening, like, towards the tail end of it sure but yeah i i don't get that either considering some of the shows that have been getting saved lately like it's it's very curious that this one this one didn't get picked up by anybody it must be god awfully expensive or adam mckay must be that hard to deal with i look i really wonder because i i i've not heard a single report about that but you know and Star, I mean, Star Trek was picked up pretty quick, and you know, I'm I'm glad. I I am honestly surprised we don't see it more, but especially a high profile profile show like that. Yeah, it must have been too expensive to make, and mm. but I, man, I wonder. Like, well, and again, this is where the transparency of viewership. I'm surprised. I'm 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 surprised at minimum HBO. We don't get more info on on yeah. viewership on that, but you know, it is what it is. They didn't even try to like make it a max original or anything like that either which right. I, I feel like that would be a strong addition to the max original grouping but they're but hbo is or uh warner brothers discover is what ramping that down too because i think all of these big studios are realizing that unless you have like a surefire way to make money from all of this you're not cracking the code and companies like apple and amazon this isn't their primary business. So they could just supplement all the stuff that they have from that with their primary business. I'm like, okay, cool. I think, I, yeah, I think that's part of the problem. I think the other part of the problem is that they aren't marketing their money. They have to throw, they're throwing so much money in so many different places, hoping that one thing sticks, but then they don't have the money to keep anything else going. Right. So like the millions of things that Netflix is producing, like, or distributing because it's an international thing, but it's like, or like Stranger Things is taking up so much of their money that like we couldn't get a Santa Clarita Diet season four. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like it, it, it's it's just one of those, you know, especially now that Netflix is getting into movies um, like that gets wickedly expensive, especially, you know, um, because they're trying to be big. They're trying to be like, yeah, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, you know, um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's one of those where it's like uh 
man, I think Apple's got it down right. I mean, sure, they they don't have the IP stuff, but like, if you could put out thirty shows a year and fifteen of them are bangers, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause cause thinking about their track record, right? Like Ted Lasso, everybody loves. We've talked mm-hmm. about how it really botched the ending, but um, Severance, Still. from what I hear, is incredible. I haven't seen it yet. Um, we're both big fans of Shrinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silo, I'm surprised wasn't a bigger hit. I didn't see it, but it's it's my wife it's, did. It's still it's still one of those shows that um, people are excited about. And even though the sh- even though the morning show will never reach the heights of season one, it's still kicking around right. for well, yeah. And there was like morning show, and there's the um, there's the just started a Monarch TV show that's coming. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. Point is, um, you know, I think you just I think that they need to start thinking about quality instead of quantity. And I know that, Mike, we're saying what everybody's already thinking. But mm-hmm. like if David's as I if you're listening here, like if you could just produce and, and produce well, Winning Time, House of the Dragon and Westworld. How is that not the greatest possible lineup on any TV network? Just those three shows. If that's the only three shows they came out with this year was and 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 let's even like take a let's take a time machine back right mm. if if HBO came out with only 3 shows in 2000 and what would have been 20 yeah 20 mm-hmm. and those 3 shows was Barry season 2 right season 2 is 2020 Barry season 2 Game of Thrones season 8 which I'm yeah you know, I'm saying make that better mm-hmm. and um uh <laughs> Well, winning time when winning time didn't start until twenty twenty one. I don't think, or was it twenty? No, it was only, um, I mean, wouldn't Succession two? be around that? Sure, time? Succession. Yeah, Succession would be that time. If that's their only three shows, I'm saying you produce Game of Thrones to where it doesn't leave a bad taste in people's mouth anymore. Like, how is that not a surefire hit? Yeah. Like, if that's all they put out, aren't we still at the end of the year going? I think HBO is the best content. Like, yeah. Anyway, just uh, we should we should let's let's get into some specifics. Uh, other things. Uh, I'll 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 blow through some. I did the It's Always Sunny bid as mentioned. I started watching Star Wars Rebels, but I'm not super into animated, and I wanted to get into it so I could like watch Ahsoka. And I'm enjoying Rebels, but I wasn't a big Clone Wars fan either. And um, it's fine, but it's not something that I actively seek out. Um, mm. but it's great if I happen to have a Sunday morning off and you know just want to eat some cereal and. Um, yeah, watch. Just it's, pop it on on the, uh, put it on your phone or something like that, and just have it on. I'll, I'll I'll say this about Rebels: I'm enjoying it more than when I started Clone Wars, um, and I think the consistency is better. I I don't think it reaches the height of Clone Wars, um, at least so far. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm maybe halfway through season one, and mm-hmm. but I I think uh, I am like when I first started Clone Wars, I was like, this is crap. Uh, it took until like season three or so. Anyway. Um, also watched a couple episodes of Archer. Archer is one of those shows where I'll just watch a couple episodes and then I'll leave it alone for a couple months and I'll watch a couple more. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I do like that show. And I really want to get to the anthology seasons, but, um, well, and, and spe- Archer is another one of those shows that you felt like was going to be on for forever and it's ending now. So yep. might as well, dude, might as well get all that in now. Right. Dude, the day that Simpsons is done, um, is gonna rock the entertainment um 
Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mention also, l- let me tell you a show that I love that for some reason I can't seem to um, to finish. And that's Welcome to Wrexham. Um, every time I'm watching, I'm like, this show is so good. But for some reason, I can't I can't like seem to watch it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't care about football and like it's 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 based in England and I'm not like and I don't have a I don't have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like even in the same league or conference or division or anything. I don't have a team at all. Like maybe it's that. Like I really love the dynamic between Rob and Ryan. Like I really like the show. I think it's so well made. I just I I, I watch an episode. I'm like that's great. Don't want to watch another one right now. And two <laughs> two weeks goes by and I'm like, how have I not watched another episode? And I'll watch it. Like that's great. Don't want to watch another one right now. But it's like it's 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 the best show that's. To me, just tough to binge. Um, but it's, I, it, the show it, is excellent. It that is a show that is much better week to week, and thankfully, since it's because because it's on FX, you can do week to week. But again, the time commitment is there, and also, I think I think part of the issue also with Welcome to Wrexham is that if you're on TikTok and you get anything on Welcome to Wrexham, you know what's going to happen already. So. Yes. What's again, this goes into the well, all right, am I gonna spend my time watching the show when I already know what's going to happen because it happened in real life? Granted, I, I enjoy Welcome to Wrexham a lot, and the you're right, the dynamic between Rob and Ryan is great, but I think what's even better about it is the dynamic between Rob, Ryan, and the city as well. Because yes, the city yes. the city is definitely glommed onto them when at first they were like why are you guys doing this i don't get it like yes. what is it about this place that you want that you wanted to invest your money and your time in for this and those are the parts of welcome to Wrexham that i like the best when you get to know the people in the town i, I to be honest sometimes like the episodes where you don't see rob and ryan i'm like i'm actually okay with that I'm I'd yeah. be perfectly happy. Uh yeah, with, totally with, I less, agree. with less of them. But I, I see your point that like it's just not exactly the easiest to binge. Sure. And it is it is also like I I so me and my wife watched I was gonna I'm gonna use this as my spinoff later. We uh we watched 80 for Brady this week. Um don't <laughs> ask me why. We just did. Um and I had an enjoyable time and I'll maybe I'll talk more about it later, but like it's really hard to be invested in the last 15 minutes of that movie because we all remember that Super Bowl. Um, you know, when Brady's down 21 points in the third, like I was, I was explaining to my wife, like I know exactly what year this is because this, the Super Bowl that took place two months after um, Rogue One came out and people were using the me the, the gif of Darth Vader slaughtering all the rebels at the <laughs> end of being like, this is Tom Brady in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. Like, mm. um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, there is a little bit of that too. Um, but, but also like, I, I, I think it's just that like, I don't care about soccer football, like enough to, for me, the show, the show has made me more like invested kind of, um, but mm-hmm. I, it's an excellent show that for some reason I can't, what I, I i'm still in season one of so um maybe the week to week thing would be better well question question for you are you a basketball fan no so well i'm a bulls fan but like i don't watch games and well that's fair because the bulls are bulls, terrible bulls, so. bulls fan is an oxymoron um yeah yeah it, it sucks being a bulls fan right now um yeah. 
But okay, I, I was just curious about that because um, I thought, you know, is it is it a sport thing or is it just the content thing? It just feels like it's just more of a content thing. It, I mean, again, the, con- the content's great, um, but yeah, it's the yeah. No, I yeah. I gotcha. I I gotcha. Yeah. Um, let's talk about. Um, I'm trying to just blow through things um, here at this point. Um, I, I finally watched the righteous gemstones season two because season three came out uh, <laughs> and then I watched and I watched season three as well. Would you- Let me tell you something. Um, we're talking about all these great shows on um, on uh, HBO and not talking about righteous gemstones. And that's a shame because mm-hmm. I freaking love this show. Um, it's great. I think it's really great. I think the show it, it this certainly does some does some things each season that I'm like not really thrilled where they're going and it, there's a, there's a really odd transition where like I feel like season two was doing something with the Skylar Gazondo character and they were like trying to set him up to be more of a main character because he kind of took off after you know when they got him for season one and whatever and then he's just like not in the show like I think because they realized oh no like we really want to do this but then he's like back it's like it's it's the problem is everybody in the show is a stud and partly because of this show um they're they're in high demand and partly because who doesn't want to work with the people that did eastbound and down of vice principles you know if that's your bag um oh they got a new show and it's done by hbo Hmm. especially when they signed on it was uh this yeah this this isn't gonna be a hit or anything like that and it's it's so good because it's got it's got a lot of interesting things to say about organized religion and family, particularly like mega churches that have, you know, that are, you know, very family based. There this past season um kind of veers in a slightly different direction because there's there's like a malicious storyline that's that's it's it's hit or miss like some people some people thought it was interesting some people it doesn't it just doesn't click with them because it takes away from you know the the other people in in the show that you want to invest more of your time in i thought the decision for john uh john goodman's uh or eli to take a step back a little bit because of all the things that happened in the previous season I thought that that was going to make this season worse, and I liked his role a lot in this. I I think it was fun, too, because secretly, like, it's one of those where it's like, if this is a real-life situation, clearly we're rooting against these people, regardless of your religious beliefs. Um, but it is, it is kind of one of those where I think the show has evolved in a really fun way, because now we get to see these people that we've been, like, promised, like, are going to mess everything up and we're like starting to see the seeds of that. You know, it's like, yo, uh these people that don't take anything seriously, they're they're wanting to inherit something that wasn't built on them and they don't stand for anything what it happens, what happens when they get it. Bad things are going to start going bad quickly. Um so, but th- yeah, no, there was a yeah, it, it just seems like sometimes either seasons have too many arcs going on or like again, it's really hard for me to invest in one. The I thought the militia thing um worked for me um for for righteous gemstones but um yeah i um i think there was a the there was just other storylines that i liked better maybe would have invested more one invested more time in or like i or or like i i I like the militia one i didn't like the um which is a shame because he's maybe my favorite character in the show but i didn't like uh uncle baby billy's (laughs) 
um, arc in season three. Um, but you you didn't like Uncle Baby Billy's Bible box? Baby Billy's uh, Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers? Yeah. Um, no, it just was it like it was fun. But like Walton Goggins is having the time of his life working with Danny McBride and uh, between this and Vice Principals. But uh, and please, for the love of God, get him get him an Emmy if he. I, think he already has one for justified uh if not he should have had one for justified but then get him another yeah um, because he's he's he single-handedly is worth watching that show for but also john like I, I made a joke about it um when shane was on or maybe i was on shane's podcast and like john goodman is like it just like the for the guy who has been the guy and been and had that role you know like his role in big lebowski could have been his like most career defining role his um his role in something like um I, I know this movie didn't get as much love as it should have been but flight like yeah. he's so good and just eats it up in that role right man i kind of think he's doing his best work in righteous gemstones like it just feels so natural um, mm-hmm. well I, I think also he john goodman belongs on tv because some of his yeah. best roles have been on tv so I'm I'm glad he's here and I'm glad where he gets to flex a little bit of everything in this because you know he's he's a dad, he's a church leader, but he's he's not the best guy, but he definitely has his moments as well. He you get a little bit of everything from from Eli and he's a complicated character because you get a you get some you get some backstory over seasons 2 and 3 that are helpful and then you feel oddly hopeful for him by the end of season season three. So I'm I'm happy to see where that goes. It's I I like I like I really like the righteous gemstone. And now that Barry is gone, this is probably making a case for HBO's best comedy right now. So I mean, it, it, aside from the animated stuff, because I hear Harley Quinn is actually excellent and i again a show that i've wanted to get around to for a while and depending on your feelings on peacemaker um and and then also depending on if you really wanted to find the last couple seasons of barry as a comedy uh that's that is that is fair but it's yeah no uh it's 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 nominated in the in the comedy category despite the fact that it probably doesn't belong there yeah, no, I don't. I don't know what the competition is, but I don't for uh, for H for the HBO content. I, I mean, again, to me, like last week tonight with John Oliver is it's yeah, that's it's still pretty quality content every. Um, yeah. uh, let's yeah, I love I I I I really in the I I find for each of the three seasons, I'm always on the same plane for Righteous Gemstones. I'm in the really high side of like it. I can never quite get to love it. There's always like it's not quite there. Like it's so good, but it's not quite to loved it for me, but I will take a really strong like, um, especially when Walton Goggins is probably single-handedly responsible for being really strong, you know, instead of just, just like it or maybe even just, okay. Anyway. Um, that's, that's how I felt about season two, but season three, I, I loved season three and like that, the ending of season three just killed me. I, I, I thought that was, that was, it was a choice. It definitely was a choice, but I, uh, I res- respect is a bit of a strong word, but I, I really like the ending of season, uh, season three. Yeah. Uh, Mike coming from the guy who doesn't watch a lot of TV. Um, the bear is the best show on TV. Discuss. Oh yeah. That's not even a question at this <laughs> point. Um, 
So in total, I've watched I've watched about eighty five seasons of TV this year, oh, and wow. the Bear is still number one. And it's it. I'm going to be very hard pressed to find something that is going to displace that. Um, this the second season of the Bear um, kind of snuck up on people a little bit because there people weren't sure that you know when are we going to get another season of this? And not only did we get it like the year after, but we got some of the best episodes of the year from, from this most recent season with the, the fishes episode, which everybody goes to that as saying that's their favorite episode of the season. But the next episode is better. I love that episode with Richie so much. Um, and everybody's just on their A game with that. It's it's amazing to see that, you know, there's so many people in this. And, you know, Carmi might be, like, the fourth most interesting person on the bear. You know, I... It's... Well, and, and what... The guest the guest cameos, right? From that uh, one episode, yeah. Well, first of all, from that one episode. But then you also had... Um, what's his oh, face yeah. who plays Adam Warlock? Um, oh, Will Poulter. Will Poulter, yeah, because he was in that episode in in Amsterdam, uh, yeah, Amsterdam, yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman in that in that one episode. Olivia um, Coleman, John Mulaney, um, the freaking um, American Horror Story, Sarah Paulson, yeah, um, and of course, um, Scream Queen herself, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, John Bernthal still counts as a cameo to me, uh, um, but as yeah, it, it definitely it, look, it def- definitely does, but. I'm I'm wanting more of of that because it just helps piece together so much of what this family is like, and to 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 pull a care pull a guy like John Bernthal into something like this. Talk about an embarrassment of riches when it comes to quality acting as well. It's almost unfair. I, it it is. I I legitimately I finished season one and I and I, I watched it because the hype around season two was just too big and I was like I've always like I've wanted to watch this show and it's it's not a huge time commitment let me get on it before it's too much for me to want to get into and I started um um I started watching the show and I got to the 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 second the penultimate episode in season one the one where um the review. Uh, the, yes, the, the one with the review goes live and the takeout or takeout. They launch takeout the same day. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I don't think that this show will ever reach this height again. And 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 also seeing what people were saying about season two on Twitter back when we all still use Twitter. Um, and yeah. And, um, you know, and and also on top of that, um, like 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 thinking to myself there's no way it's going to live up to the hype and there's no way it's going to be better than what is currently going on and the fact that there are probably 3 episodes that are better than an episode in season 2 is just remarkable and it 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 is a soul filling show mm-hmm. but it is also a soul crushing show mm-hmm. and the thing about it above all and Mike, I know you and I are going to have um, ha- have a lot stronger connection because I think anybody that has seen The Bear has been to Chicago. Um, I've never seen a show capture a city as well as this has. Um, I I just haven't, mm. and I don't know how to explain it, but it is very everything from everything Chicago. from the way they talk, from the way that things look, from the way that people act, the way that people respond to other people, the way that people treat each other, the <laughs> fact that like you have this what you know what is currently now a really nice restaurant and not on a great street. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and again, like just the kind of way of life. It's they so it, in, it is it is the most authentic to a city that I have ever seen a piece of property. Well, and then not only that, you two two things that kind of happen as just kind of you know talking points for the show. There is there is a Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Jordan centric lesson, and then there was a Steve Bartman centric mm-hmm. one as well. Or should I say Alex Alex Gonzalez? Because it's not Steve Bartman's fault; it was Alex Gonzalez's fault. So, um, yeah, I there's I also agree. there's also a conversation they have. I think in season one where it's like there's a there's a a, a poster of Fenway Park in there, mm-hmm. um, and like they like there, there's a whole thing about that too. I'm, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I remember just thinking like it's just I've I, I like I I'm in, I live in Iowa now. I feel like I feel like I I grew up not in Chicago but near Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, like like people have been giving me some people I've been talking to recently have been giving me a hard time. They're like you know uh, I'm like I lived 30 minutes from downtown and uh, where I grew up, but just in indiana and and they lived an hour away but still in illinois and what is more likely you know in like naperville right like, take it takes me shorter mm-hmm. time and they're like nah you didn't any and it's like guys come on like anyway mm-hmm. i i just feel like i'm home when i right. watch the show um but also like i'm you know i'm safe <laughs> yeah well um i think i think the big thing that kind of sets the bear apart is that it's it's very much character focused and also in in this grand tv atmo- or tv world that we live in right now to have an original show kind of stand out as well i think more and more people are looking for more of that original content versus something that is based on an existing property and yes. i think that's a huge reason why so many people enjoy the bear oh by the way it's fantastic as well but if if if, i feel like if the bear was based on based on like an existing property or anything like that i don't think it would garner as much attention because people would be like "Eh, okay been there done that but it's it's character focused it's a love letter to chicago it explores all kinds of different emotions uh from people from grief like and granted all kinds of TV shows do that, but the bear just does it better. And yeah. the bear right now is the show that from a drama standpoint, it's, it's sliding in very nicely to the prestige shows that have been, have gone off the air lately, like um, succession, better call Saul. All of those are done now. And thankfully we have the bear at least to fill in the void a little bit. I'm, I do have a sneaking suspicion that the bear is kind of going to go out the same way that succession did. It's like, it's not going to overstay its welcome. It's going to, it's probably going to end after three or four seasons because they don't want to overstay its welcome. It's like, I, okay, I agree, fine. especially like the way season two ends. I think the, well, cause the other problem is where, where are you going to go? It's not like Cobra Kai where it's like, right. Oh, okay. We won the all Valley. Now we can, now we can win an all world. Okay, where where else can you go from there? Well, especially looking at the arcs of what's happening, I would not be surprised if season three is the last. Um, And and this isn't like Ted Lasso where it's like obvious, like we're we're getting to the end here. But like the thinking of the arcs of like why 
um, Sydney wants to study under Carmi and mm-hmm. like the whole, the whole, and like clearly very early on, she is, is ready to do her own thing and, and, and is clearly meant to surpass him, right? She's almost there and Carmi can't get out of his own way. That's going to be his downfall. And, and he's going to wind up like, he's going to wind up going back to just a simpler. Anyway, it just feels like things are winding, especially like the guy that did the dessert baking. Like now he's like an all-star, right? Like it's just, there's so much that is going on that like, it would not surprise me. Season four is the last mm-hmm. because we're like, it just feels like the show is, is, is managing to have more depth and character development in, in two eight episode seasons, roughly 30 minutes an episode than, you know, most series get in their entire long run. Yeah. Then I mean, I'm even willing to say then probably, yeah. Then house of house of the dragon will do in two or three seasons, like, you know, or game of Thrones did in the last three, you know, maybe is the the better. Um, Well, yeah, because they, the bear is also managing to balance all of these characters in, mostly organic ways there's there's some that's like eh, okay that's that's fine if this is where you want to take their story but everybody everybody matters and that's what i think i like about the bear i've, I've said like five or six things that i love about the bear the most but every character matters and every character has a moment as well and i appreciate that because it just kind of shows the value that they put on all of these characters and all of these performers as well, that they are confident enough and they want to give everybody a moment. Like, I don't think I've ever been so tense just watching a balloon fill up with gas. Yeah. You know? So and they can make a story like that and just have all the people involved with that. Just it just it's amazing to see and we need more tv like that on but we don't get that and that's a shame yeah i totally agree um all right i gotta talk just super quickly um i watched jury duty because alex said it and i wanted something that was kind of along that vibe and um i had a good time there was a lot of like really fun things i like how you could feel how they were like flying on the seat of the pants there's a flight yeah flying on the seat of their pants that's the expression yeah yeah Um, yeah you're good um there's a moment in like the first episode that absolutely killed me and i wound up really like falling in love with this these characters of the show i i love the concept of the show i don't think it was perfect i think maybe it could have been like trimmed down and edited a little bit more but it's a great little easy watch um (laughs) on uh on prime video jury duty um it's it's technically on freeverse the oh yeah supported Ad supported spinoff of Prime Video, which I get it, but I don't. Amazon, you're big enough where you don't need the money from ads. What are we doing? But oh, Jeff Bezos needs more money, of course. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Wait, he's not in charge of Amazon anymore, is he? I, th- I mean, he still owns it. He's just not operating it. Mm. Um, uh, and real quick too, I am partially part of the way through most of the way through what we do in the shadow season five. And I just, the show is just continually great. It's, I still think maybe it reached its height in maybe season two, but this is, this is, this feels pretty close to it's, it's relative. The the whole show has been relatively consistent and (laughs) I don't think I will ever love an episode as much as I loved, um, the curse episode from season two. (laughs) 
Um, but there have been moments and there have been arcs and there have been it's it, I'm not quite through this, this season yet. I don't remember because where we're at, but because this is a show that I watch with my wife um, and that's it. Uh, but uh, and we haven't watched it recently. Um, but no, the show is great. It's very consistent. It's very yeah. it's very great. I I ha- not having seen the ending like I, I, I don't know how much longer they intend to keep this going, but they could keep this going for the rest of my entire life and nothing would make me happier mm-hmm. um, other than as nice guy sequel. But um, like they like the characters just work so well together and like they, they managed to to continually keep adding to the lore of this world, like in, in ways that are just kind of not exposition, but like mm-hmm. they, they just kind of like, like they managed to continually build things and then they also managed to like pay them off. And mm-hmm. it, it's a really in demand show. So they're also just pulling up a ton of celebrity cameos, kind of like the bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's a great time. And the last thing is I watched the new season of Shorzy. I watched it all in one sitting um, because mm-hmm. again, only six episodes, 20 minutes a piece. And I had free time. And when you're through with four, might as well just finish the six. And, if you've never seen Letterkenny, uh, first of all, Letterkenny is great and you should watch Letterkenny, but Shorzy is great. And if you have seen Letterkenny, haven't seen Shorzy for some reason, like for the love of God, what are you doing? Um, now, the show is not anything special, I would say, um, but the show is really good and it has a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the character is so fun, um, but in ways that like are different than, you know, people I used to hear of Shorzy because he, you know, he's, he's chirps from Letterkenny and people are like, Oh, he's so fun. Cause every time, you know, he's so vulgar and he's always yada, yada, yada. But like, there's such a heart in this particular show and in this season. And I just love the way that Jared Kleso plays, plays this character. I I love the, the, the things that they, the, 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 the places that this um, season went, I just, it's not a show that's going to blow you out of the water. It's not a show that's going to make you cry. It's not, uh, it's not a show that's going to make you, but it like, it just kind of is its own vibe and I dig it. Um, it's not going to be in my top five favorite shows of the year, but it's just a great time. Nice. Um, so, uh, Mike, that is all. Um, so I have some things highlighted. I think for the sake of time, uh, maybe we just plow through some of these. Sure. That works. Um, Let's start with the big one that I'm sure people are dying to know. Um, people like me that haven't started it yet, but um, the Scott crown, takes the off. crown, the crown, right? We're going to talk about the crown. That no, uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off. Um, look, I'm not an anime person, but this this was so much fun. I enjoyed it. I've never read the graphic novel either, either, and from my friends who have read the graphic novel, it even kept them on their toes. Is this really going to appeal to people who don't really know or like Scott Pilgrim? Probably venture a guess, probably not. But if you're a fan of the movie, if you're a fan of the graphic novel, you will I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you will love this because the the cast is I think 98% of the movie uh cast, and they don't they don't miss a beat. They're they're great and the animation's great. Um, I love how it ended as well. Uh, so definitely, uh, definitely check it, check it out. Nice. Uh, I'm excited to hear that. I will check it out here soon. Um, tell me about Loki season two. I was fine on season one. I think it was way overrated. Um, 
But season, but like I was gonna come back for season two, and then I just didn't, and it was one of those like all of a sudden you're three weeks behind, and whatever. Maybe I should just watch Ahsoka first. So, so um, I wasn't huge on Loki season two, and if I if I was bigger on Loki season two than I or Loki season one, then I would have probably mm-hmm. given more of a priority. You know, if I was as high as Loki as I was Wandavision, then I'd probably go. But um, what what how? What are your thoughts on season two? Loki was a bit of a challenging one for me because, so me, me and Nick um, from Sip Pop, we do we do a podcast, Geek Speak Louder Than Nerds, subtle plug for it. Uh, but mm-hmm. we did week to week episodes on on Loki, and both of us halfway through were not feeling it, and we found out pretty quick that we were in the minority on that. We were not feeling it and thank god it stuck the landing because if it didn't stick the landing i would be i'd be pretty upset about that but even though it stuck the landing there was still i couldn't help but think that and and nick agreed as well as that we couldn't help but think that this was the ending all along and i feel like loki season one could have been two maybe three episodes longer and this it would have been probably the best tv show that marvel had ever done but they didn't do that and instead they just had a lot of filler that just wasn't a huge fan of but to me i think the big takeaway for me for loki is that tom hiddleston really is the best that the mcu has to offer now and Hmm. it's he's still great in that the dynamic between him and owen wilson is still great um it's it's not going to be for everybody but apparently again i was in the minority i didn't like it as much as a lot of other people who thought that it was the best thing that marvel had put out in a while which i i don't agree with but i mean it's not a high bar to set right now i mean other than guardians 3 right but like right. let me ask let me ask you this because this is very common conversation because of the marvels and marvel and whatnot scale of one to ten um how important is it that I see this, like how, ur- how important would you say the urgency to see the show is to kind of general, like if you're going to, you're going to miss out on a big a, a or a few big things before I think fantastic four or whatever. Like, I think there's one big thing that you might miss out on, but that's about it. So scale of one to 10, I'd probably give it about a f- five, maybe. Okay. How, I mean, it's, uh... it's, it's not as like, disconnected as guardians three but there is one thing that happens that's like oh okay Okay. i'm i'm curious to see where somebody that doesn't watch the tv shows is gonna be like oh what what about yeah anyway yeah yeah um i think i have an inkling um but i don't actually really know anything about the season and i would like to keep it that way but i have seen some things yeah and, and i'm just gonna say this and i don't want you to do any sort of like visual or audio confirmation or anything i don't want you to make any comments i just want to move on to the next thing but uh, from my understanding this is tom hiddleston saying goodbye to the role moving on uh ahsoka um so people i know people that were watching it that were liking it seemingly more than the new season of mandalorian but i don't think people were raving about it um so I felt lost with Ahsoka because I've never seen Rebels and I saw maybe some Clone Wars. So I didn't really get all these other people, although I am inclined to say that it helps that you know all of these characters. I also don't think it's completely necessary because they still 
stamp their, you know, they, they stamp their impact. The, like they have a huge impact um, with the limited amount of story that they tell. Ahsoka has like a couple great episodes and then a couple blah episodes. And it's one that I'm, I like that how it ended and I'm interested in more. But I think one of the issues there is that, you know, one character, like one character whose arc um, is kind of just beginning, um, the actor as Ray Winston, uh, like, or what's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ray Winston. But he, but he passed. He passed away. And that sucks because he was great in this. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. There we go. Ray, Ray Stevenson. Um, But it sucks that he passed away. Um, So I'm curious to see. Are they going to pull a T'Challa and they're just like, well, okay, you're just gone forever or they're going to recast it because I, I hope that they recast it because I'm very – that's probably the storyline that I'm most interested in um, moving forward. And yeah, it's – you know, if I, – I sincerely hope that if you watch Rebels that you you felt good about this. As for me, like I enjoyed it, but I I, I thought it was on par with – the Mandalorian season three. I didn't, I didn't, it's not a great comparison. It, I mean, I'm, unfortunately for star Wars and, and for me, Andor is the standard for TV shows. And if, if it's not that, then it's just, it's fine. That, um, that might be unfair, but I don't really care. My understanding of the continental is that it's a big disappointment. Am I right in that understanding? I think big disappointment is a strong word, but yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, it's. I, I mean, I know like, it's not supposed to be like as actiony as John Wick, but I think it's still just not delivering on what people wanted. Well, the problem is, is that there's just there is a lot of a lot of new characters in this, and most of them don't get a whole lot of time. And the only prominent person in this is Mel Gibson, and he's just way too over the top. So. Mm. I mean, it's well. He's Mel Gibson, yeah. <laughs> Who who'd have thunk? So um, <laughs> the the Continental, it's it sets an interesting table. But if you're if you're a John Wick fan, you're gonna think it's just fine. If you, but if you don't enjoy John Wick or if you've never seen it, you're not only you're gonna be lost. You're not gonna care about this. So mm. it's it's mainly for John Wick fans. Um. Kind of on the opposite, another Peacock thing. Um, you love Twisted Metal, yeah? I loved Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal is in my top 10 shows of the year, which to me is a shock because I look at the premise of Twisted Metal and I think this is going to be the stupidest show ever. And it, yeah, it didn't sure. help that Peacock dropped it all at once as well, whereas right. a lot of their shows, they do week to week. But this one caught me off guard because never in a million years would I have thought I would have cared between the relationship between Anthony Mackey and his car, but it worked for me. So and you're saying Anthony Mackey should be the star of the next Transformers movie? Absolutely. He would eat that up and he would do amazing with it. Um, but also, if you're a fan of the game, which I was because I was a PlayStation kid. Um, sure. There are there's a couple sequences uh, sequences in this that pay off your love of the of the game and if you if you stick with it and I hope that it gets a season two um, it will be a little bit more in line with the game 
and I'm excited for that. Uh, sorry, I promise it's not you. Um, it, it, I, is, uh, it is 1 a.m., so it's all good. And I have been up since uh, 7, so. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the first season of Jack Ryan. I don't think I get around to the rest. Uh, is the show over now or is season 4 premiering soon? Season, I think it's over now. Season 4 premiered over the summer. Um, it never gets to season 1 heights, but it is cons- I would say it's pretty consistent with how how good it is um after season one you know like i i like how in the fourth season we're kind of going back to basics and we're bringing uh bringing back some characters from season one so so that was good Uh, it was it it sucks that it's over but i also i also get it there's not a whole lot more story to to tell unfortunately well and they they cast krasinski in the role like when he started doing a bunch, right? Like a quiet place became a significantly bigger hit than they thought. And, you know, than anybody thought. And, you know, there's, I, I'm not, he's not going to be Mr. Fantastic, but I think he's going to show up in the MCU or DCU um, here soon. And probably, um, you know, he's, he, he's got an acting and a directing career ahead of him and for, <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, but um, anyway, like, I I I really love the character. I love Tom Clancy stuff, and so I was really excited when they announced it. And I was really happy that um that they actually stuck true to like the analyst roots because every time we've seen Jack Ryan in the movies, he's like an action hero, except for Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. It's like he's not like he's a nerdy guy behind a desk. Like I mean, he's capable, but like um, and I like the I like the addition of like the you know traumatized soldier um, <laughs> I, I did i do remember i did see season two i just haven't seen season three or four yet but uh but it's over now right four was the last yeah, four was the last it's done add, yeah. add that to the list of shows that ended this year that you know it it sucks but you know gotta gotta make room for a new crop of of shows so yeah. we'll see um a, mo- a show that i also believe ended this year um reservation dogs it did it did maybe um, now i'll finally watch it <laughs> Reservation Dogs is an interesting show because it is it's pretty much for the most part very episodic. So it just shows the life of these four kids on this on this reservation and sometimes the adults. This most recent season is more like the adult centric and it kind of just tries to connect, you know, a lot of the other adults how they grew up is very similar to how these four kids um kind of grew up before our eyes in this reservation. So I I still think Reservation Dogs is one of the best shows that FX has put out ever. And I think that it very much paid tribute to, you know, just the struggles that indigenous people kind of went through on this reservation. Um, there's a great guest star in uh, in the ninth episode of this season. Um, so, so yeah, this... This one, um, I'm sad that this one is over because it also never got the prestige or the respect that it truly deserved. Um, moving along, Mike, let's play a game of what went wrong. Um, Mike, what went wrong with the idol? Like, I like I know, like I don't think people were really thinking it was going to be like the next big thing, but it was HBO's like biggest advertised thing mm-hmm. coming out of Succession and Barry and The Last of Us. I and think <laughs> I don't know anybody that finished it, and it was only what six episodes. Uh, no, it was uh, it, according to the weekend and Sam Levinson. Um, it was always supposed to be five episodes, even though <laughs> even though 
you know, it mysteriously feels like the final two episodes were cut together. Um, I think the biggest problem with the idol is that they let the weekend do a little too much with this. The weekend is not an actor. So just, he needs to stick to music because he's amazing at music. And then also I I've heard mixed messages about how the set was and how the development of this was. Um, but I, I just could not get on board with the, you, to me, and I'm only speaking for myself. I'm, I'm not just saying this is like a grand statement to me. It is sending a mixed message. It's like trying to say, it's like, this is a feminist feminist show when it's like, Oh, you're sending mixed messages about what it does. It doesn't really jive with what I think feminism is. And it's a little too glorification of, you know, torture and violence that I just could not, I just couldn't get past it. I did not a huge fan uh, of no, that. There, and, there are no huge fans of that show. Yeah. And it's, it's too bad because it started out interesting and it just cratered like halfway through the second episode and it just never recovered. And it's, it's too bad because it could have been interesting and it's gone through a lot of different iterations. And I just, I'm kind of floored that this was the end product that we got from this. Mm. Um, and to me also, this show is, is by far the worst show of the year for me. It's not even close. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, I, I knew that a lot of people weren't liking it, but that's like, a, a well, be, um, because, because it's, it's one thing to be controversial in a show, but to be controversial and bad as well, that's <laughs> like, no, you you're not gonna get away with that. I'm sorry. Okay, one last show to ask you about, and that is uh, the fall of the house of Usher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as a as a um, I, I I've heard somebody call it recently, and I'm uh, I'm gonna start identifying with it, even though I've haven't seen Midnight Mass or this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a big fan of Haunting a Hill House. Bly Banner was good. <laughs> big fan of Doctor Sleep and his Netflix movie Hush was good. I'm gonna start calling myself a Flanistan. Yep. Um, in terms of uh, my Flanagan products, um, yeah. where is, does this fall in the pantheon? This is this is upper tier for me, and I think a small part of it is because I'm I was an English major in college, so Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Just I didn't. It's weird that they could make this into something interesting because the fall of the House of Usher really isn't an interesting story for Poe. Mm. But the the fact that Mike Flanagan was able to turn this into what we got, which was just a great commentary on um, on just the wealthy, and then also just a stunning horror miniseries as well. Um, this was a nice return to form because I was not a huge fan of Midnight Mass or not not, not Midnight Mass, the Midnight Club. I like Midnight mm. Mass, but the Midnight Club, uh, which was the one on Netflix that um, that he did before this. And that got canceled after one season because it just wasn't well-received. So this was a nice rebound uh, for Mike Flanagan. And this was um, this one was really great. I, I liked it a lot. Nice. Um, plenty of good stuff coming out. Um, I, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk about. Uh, Mike uh, does a lot of our TV reviews for the website and um, has 
serialized stuff. So yep. I'm going to start talking about TV more on this podcast. Um, and Mike and I are working on something a little special that I'm going to wait to talk about officially because I don't want to commit to anything that would change here, especially something this big. But mm-hmm. I think I think if you're listening, you will be pleasantly surprised with um, what we are replacing, what we are considering replacing the TV catch up with, at least for this coming schedule. So I'm going to say there's uh yeah, but, but for sure the TV catch up won't appear at least in the next schedule feed. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we could do like once a year, like kind of end of the year, but uh, certainly not. And again, maybe depending on how much TV I'm watching, but um, there's there's a lot that I am not. And um, yeah, um, real quick, Mike, um, I know there's a lot that you've seen that we haven't gotten around to, um, but we've we've got to get I've got to get to. Um, that's, that's fine. So uh, real quick, I do want to hear um, the spinoff. So if there's one thing uh, in any of your pop culture, if you really want to talk about a movie or maybe you're like, hey, you didn't ask me about the show, but I really want to talk about it. Um, I am all ears uh, for your recommendation or warn. Um, this, is, this is a tough call because there's a couple on here that I'd be interested in talking about. But I think I'm, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier and I'll, I'll stand by that. Um, so... I'm not usually really a huge fan of when seasons get split up into part ones and part twos. Um, just not a huge fan of it. But I got to admit, when I, as I'm watching the first part of the final season of The Crown, and it, it's only four episodes out of the ten, but the story that it tells about um, about Princess Diana is... It's so impactful. It's so good. It's such a return to form from season five. Um, and it made me appreciate season five a lot more because it's it sets up a lot of the payoff. Payoff is a strong word, but the without everything that happens in season five, the impact that we get from the story for the first part of season six of The Crown, it would not have been as impactful. So I'm definitely recommending that because it's it just kind of hit for me in a way that I was not expecting it to hit. And I, I like The Crown. I'm not like a huge fan of it, but I, I would definitely recommend that if uh, if you were around um, or if you were alive around the time that uh, Princess Diana was, you know, a big deal in the world. And she still kind of is a big deal because of the way she treated people and, you know, her place in, you know, society and all that stuff. Um Definitely check out uh, part one of season six of The Crown. Um, as mentioned earlier, I am I, me and my watch my wife watched um, eighty for Brady the other night, and here's the context: um, I am in the middle of working a very long stretch at work, and had a very Sunday brunch just <laughs> killed me. So I got home and I was exhausted, and I said, "I I I just want to sit on the couch." Just take off my pants, sit on the couch, and do nothing for the rest of the day. And she said, okay. She's like, do you want to watch a movie? We have time. And I said, I want to watch either a comfort movie or a movie to cross off of my 2023 watch list. But I'm not really in the mood for anything too serious. And I gave her a couple, my wife a couple options, movies I think she would enjoy. And my wife is not a football fan, nor am I. Um, so the options we narrowed down to were No Hard Feelings or 80 for Brady. And we went for 80 for Brady only because I was like, I don't know that I'll be in this mood for this movie again, but I could certainly be in the mood for no hard feelings another time. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
So we watched 80 for Brady, and you know what? We had a good time. It has a couple of moments that made us laugh out loud so the neighbors could hear us. It uh, it had some moments that I was like, I was like, oh, that's that guy. Like, there's a surprising amount of cameos in here, and even people that, like, as a non-football guy, and I'm like, oh, that's Marshawn Lynch. Like, all right. Like, and um, there's, there's this guy that I just came, literally just came across on TikTok the day before. Um, who plays a DJ in 80 for Brady. Uh, and I was like, that's the guy. That's the guy that I showed you on TikTok. And um, just, it's just lots of fun. It's, it's, it's obviously like a over-dramatization of th- these events and fine. Um, I wasn't expecting this to be true at all. And it's certainly Hollywood style. And again, it suffers from that problem where it's like, I know how the game is going to end. So I don't need to see how it ends, you know. Um, but I, my review I wrote for Letterboxd was it's Golden Girls meets tag mm. meets the hot ones meets Rudy meets eyes wide shut. <laughs> and it totally works. Um, and it's, it is a great watch it, but don't pay for it. It is the perfect yeah. streaming movie. And that's what mm. we did. Nice. Um, so it's on prime and paramount plus. So there's where you can stream it. Let's uh, wrap up on that note. Uh, remember, you can check out Mike at all the places that he listed above. Um, I'll have his letterbox handle in the episode description below. Um, and you can follow me at Twitter Letterboxd. Uh, it pretty much any social media that um, uh, at Schweitcastle, but I'm not really active on anything at the moment. Um, same as my TV watching. Quick <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> reminder to sit pop out of room is by the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for sitpop.com, you want to get in contact with the show, send us a question to explore during the B plot or whatnot, then you can email writersroom at sitpop.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review at uh, on iTunes if you're listening over that way. Next week, Sam and Jake are um, joining me to talk about Hulk the 2003 Ang Lee film and Gattaca um, first watch for Gattaca for me. And in two weeks, Joe and Adam are going to be joining me to talk about old boy, as mentioned earlier in this podcast. Um, this will be a rewatch for me, but a very distant one. So, and I kind of, kind of perfect timing with um, at this point, the recent release of uh, silent night. So, um, <laughs> Uh, Mike, I really appreciate you staying up till 1am with me and uh, talking about TV and unfortunately having to remind you that the idol existed. Uh, but also, I've, I really like our conversation. I, I feel like we solved all the problems and Netflix should listen to us. Yeah, they absolutely should. At minimum, Paramount Plus and AMC Plus should listen to us more than all the mm. rest. I don't get why those two still exist, but that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, well, uh, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you back here next week to talk about um, some sci-fi movies.